You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL, and you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Also want to shout out Locked On NFL Draft. It is back. You got Eric Crocker bringing the scouting. You got Ryan Tracy bringing the analytics. Go check that out. It's never too early for draft season. Today on the show, it is Crossover Thursday, so Bo and Alex from uh, Locked On Cardinals stop by to explain all the drama the Cardinals are having with Patrick Peterson, talk to me a little bit about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, and we're going to have that conversation, and then we're going to follow up on some of the stuff at the end of the show, but the first thing I want to talk to you about is Anthony Barr. So the uh, Wednesday injury report came out, and Anthony Barr was once again a DNP, as well as Harrison Hand was a DNP, had a hamstring injury he must have suffered in uh, last week's game. Uh, you also had Nick Vigil limited with an ankle and Christian Derrissaw still limited. Not sure when we're going to see him. Uh, hopefully it's soon, though. He's still limited. He's still doing individual stuff. He's still working, right? Uh, so hopefully we're we're looking okay with him. He's not going back, sliding backwards like Anthony Barr did. But I want to talk about Anthony Barr because I have a theory. And I wrote an article about this and I kind of want to explain myself. So I'll, I'll link the article in the show notes. But my theory about Anthony Barr, and I'll tell you the kind of whole uh, saga of his story, is that uh, he has an arthritic knee. That's really scary. And it sounds really scary. So let me just explain everything. We're going to learn a little bit about knees today because this team hates them and we need to know about them so that we can understand what this team does to knees. So your knee is, you know, the two uh, leg bones come together and all the little ligaments that attach them and help to, to you know, pull the different muscles. That's your ACL, your PCL, your MCL, all the stuff Teddy Bridgewater tore. And then you have your meniscus. And the meniscus is, I like to think of it as like a brake pad. It's a, a shock absorber that is kind of wedged between uh, the two bones of the knee, the joint, or the two leg bones. And it, it absorbs shock. It absorbs this like rubbery cartilage that is basically meant to kind of uh, absorb wear and tear so your bones aren't grinding up against each other. That's what the meniscus does. In 2014, back in Anthony Barr's rookie year, he had what was called a slight tear at the time. That's what Mike Zimmer described it as. Oh, he had a slight tear. And he had a minor procedure on it after the Vikings were eliminated from playoff contention that year. That was a seven and nine year. Uh, they were out, I think, before the second to last game even. I think they were out by the third game. And so they shut him down for the season. They gave him a little procedure. I do not know which meniscus procedure that is. And if you remember from Irv Smith a couple weeks ago, the surgery that Irv Smith was going to get, we didn't actually know which procedure they were going to do because you just you can't tell how torn a meniscus is without actually opening it up and looking at it. Um, so you have to kind of make that decision. And the decision is between two different procedures. Uh, there is a meniscectomy, which is a fun word to say, but it means actually removing part of the meniscus. The, you basically take that torn cartilage and you get rid of it. The upside of that is that it's an arthroscopic and fairly non-invasive procedure. So the recovery time is really, really short. So when you hear minor meniscus surgery back in four to six weeks, that's how that can be possible after a knee surgery and a guy can maybe come back and play out part of the season again. The problem is long term uh, because you are removing meniscus. You have now less of that rubbery cartilage, less of that shock absorber 
And so it's going to degenerate as it continues to take NFL level wear and tear that uh, the rest of your meniscus, the remaining meniscus will work too hard and it will start to degenerate and degenerated meniscus cartilage causes the same problems with inflammation and, and irritation and stiffness. And all of that stuff is what we usually refer to as arthritis. That's what knee arthritis is. So I don't know if Anthony Barr has suffered from this particular fate, but we have some evidence. Um, A, just the way they talked about his procedure back in 2014 made me think it was the meniscectomy, the the smaller procedure with more long-term problems, even though maybe it would have been smart to do the more invasive procedure, which is actually repairing the meniscus, uh, like, a, like an actual repair, where you don't remove the loose cartilage, you put it back and you put it back together. And so you don't lose any of that, and you eventually get full functionality, but that one's a little bit more involved, and so the recovery time is longer. So if you do that in the middle of the season, you know, a lot of players will opt away from that. This was at the end of the season, so I don't know why they wouldn't have done the tear, but the way they talked about it, or the, the repair, but the way they talked about it, they might have just not thought that they had to, because it was just such a small little thing. Um, but here we are seven years later, seven years of wear and tear later. And if you look at Anthony Barr's injury history, outside of like the pact and he like broke his hand once and those aren't related, but there are uh, like three different leg injuries, a couple of hamstring or a couple of groins and a hamstring. And those all happened on his right leg. And those can happen to somebody with a healthy knee too. So again, this is not definitive at all, but if your knee was getting a little stiff, maybe if you didn't have the flexibility you, you maybe used to have, and maybe you overexerted a little bit hard, those that's what a strain is you know a groin strain and a hamstring strain is you overstretched you overexerted um and that would knock him out for a game or two here and there throughout his whole career which brings us to now where he's dealing with this knee injury and if you hear what mike zimmer said about this knee injury he says things like well it's a thing he's been dealing he's always dealing with something his health is a concern uh those are both quotes from mike zimmer and the way that the knee has behaved also kind of tells us that if it's not arthritic, it's an injury that's behaving similarly, where the thing about an arthritic knee is if you do try to put too much work on it, it'll flare up the next day. And if he was experiencing some soreness in the preseason, and then they basically gave him a month of rest, so all whatever flare-up would have gone down, then they didn't put him on IR because they didn't think that he was, you know, they thought he was going to be able to practice. They were saying, hey, we're not going to put you on IR. We're putting you in the game next week. And then he comes in Wednesday, he practices, he wakes up on Thursday, and he has soreness, which is, again, all sourced information from Mike Zimmer pressers. These are things he just told us, public info. Uh, and that sounds like arthritis. When you, it sounds like his knee flared up. And his knee is still flared up. He didn't practice on Wednesday again. So how much rest is he going to need? Now, you don't know when the flare-up is going to go down. You don't know when the soreness is going to go away. And there are some treatments you can do. Um, the couple of common ones in the NFL are Toradol, which is basically a super anti-inflammatory that you inject. It is terrible when you use it in repeated doses. The NFL has strongly advised the uh, players not to. There's not a rule against it, but they're like, hey, don't use this every week. It's like a general painkiller because it, your kidneys will fail, which uh, Al 
Albert Hainsworth thinks that's what happened to him. He had to have a kidney transplant, transplant and he thinks that it's because of Toradol. Uh, the other one is cortisone shots. And cortisone is another anti-inflammatory that you inject directly at the site of the pain. It can have some long-term impacts too. So either way, you kind of have to make this decision as Anthony Barr, how much longer do I want to do this if it is sacrificing my long-term health just to not be in so much pain that I can't play? Again, all of this is just a theory. So I, I don't, I'm not sourcing stuff. I just am reading the tea leaves and it kind of looks like this would be an arthritic knee situation. It's a pain management and it's a stiffness issue. And it's not a thing that's going to go away. You can put him, you know, chalk him full of cortisone the day of a game and he can get out there and play. And you can do that for as long as Anthony Barr wants to. So we're going to get to crossover Thursday uh, in a little bit here. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Rock Auto. If you are a car person, if you're a DIY or gearhead, you like to work on cars, and you're looking for a good place to get par car parts, Rock Auto is the perfect place for that. It is an aggregator where you can buy stuff directly from the manufacturers. You don't have to go to a brick and mortar auto shop and ask them if they have the part in the back and they'll say they ship it in two to four weeks. Just get it shipped directly to your door and save a little money to boot because you're cutting out that middleman. You can just enter your make your year and your model, get whatever parts your car needs. You can get other supplies too. If you're not like a gearhead, you can get jumper cables, you can get uh, windshield wiper fluid, stuff that you just need to kind of have around Anything you can find on rockauto.com. And at checkout, there's a how you heard about us section. Make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, uh, the bunnies are never going to be able to pay off their gambling debts. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, everybody, we're here. Crossover Thursday. I'm here with Bo Brock, Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. Of course, I'm Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings. It's time to talk about these weird, weird, weird Cardinals. And I have a couple of central questions. And the first one is, are you all okay? Because there seems to be drama. What Can you tell me what is going on with Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson seems bitter, which is like very much not our fight. Like we're very, like Vikings fans. We're like, I don't know what's up with Peterson and the Cardinals. Seems like their deal to, to handle. But like, what, are, are y'all okay? <laughs> Take it, Bo. Yeah, I mean, we are okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, as far as what's going on behind the walls in the facility in Tempe, Arizona, and also on game day in Glendale, and then the whole drama and the soap opera with P2. We call him P3 on our podcast because we fought, we felt like he was really petty this offseason <laughs> after he signed a pretty lucrative deal. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't keep the Cardinals off his lips. But, uh, I love that so much, <laughs> Petty Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, I, I it's it's weird because Patrick Peterson between 2011 and 2017 was a model citizen, model teammate. You know, philanthropic in the community. He was on the road to be the successor to Larry Fitzgerald, another great Minnesotan. Uh, I mean, he's uh, and then 2018 hit. The Cardinals faced adversity for the first time in a long time after the Bruce Aarons era, and he didn't like it. He wanted out. He wanted the first bus out of town private jet whatever it may be and uh he rescinded that he apologized months later and then he got popped for peds and he wasn't the same player after that there, there was a bunch of you know toxic relationship type moves on social media that's the p2 thing and then pat and then chandler jones <laughs> i mean he was he's he was throwing one of the uh on, on wednesday he was throwing one of the website writers under the bus saying None of the stuff that he was reporting as far as him going up to Michael Bidwell at the end of the Tennessee Titans game and saying, hey, let's talk contract, paraphrasing there. He said that didn't happen, basically. He's like, no, nah, I didn't go and I didn't pat Michael Bidwell on the pockets and say, hey, you know, let's get it done. You know what I'm talking about. Chandler Jones just came straight out on Twitter and said, 
that's false. This yeah. never happened. And uh, but but for most the most part, Chandler Jones, he's he's ready to go. He's ready to make himself a lot of money this offseason. He's gonna play out the rest of this contract, barring any kind of extension that's gonna happen in the season. And we saw it firsthand. He balled out. He had five five sacks, two forced fumbles. He was the defensive player of the week for the NFC. So that's uh, the drama and a way too long drawn out uh, answer. Yeah, he look- knows how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that's the the. I mean, you know, there's always a contract thing going on everywhere, right? Um, but I want to flip to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, please explain C- Cliff Kingsbury to me. I do not understand this man. What is his offense? Like, it's pistol, air raid. Sp- mm-hmm. Like, it seems like the Cardinals want to spread everybody out and kind of outspeed everybody. And it kind of seems like they want to do that on defense, too. But yeah. I don't know. what. Like, what is the offense? Okay, so this is the way I describe it. It's he puts together a great movie trailer, but the movie's not awesome. Like, you know, when you get sold to a movie trailer, you're like, wow, this is going to blow the roof off. Fast and Furious 37. I'm going to go see that. And then the movie's not great. Sometimes it's like that. You get you get a setup where it's set up for ex- like for explosion like week one or a lot of minute and a half drives run up the middle, passing complete, passing complete off the field. And we saw a lot of that last year. And I give I give Cliff a lot of flack. He shows brilliance throughout the year. The frustrating part is it's not aligned for an entire game or close to it like it was on Sunday. So yeah, there's a lot of spreading out. And but when I talked about this, like with Christian Kirk and or Rondo Moore playing the Larry Fitzgerald role, the pop is back. So he can do a lot more with no tight end to, to name. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of four wide receiver sets. There's going to be dual slot. There's going to be A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins stacked on one side with Christian Kirk by himself on the other side because of the insane speed that Christian Kirk and Rondo Moore bring that kind of counteracts DeAndre Hopkins being slow, being able to get where he needs to go, but he's not a fast guy. And A.J. No, Green never being been his game. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and, and did I miss anything? I mean, it's weird. And then with the running backs, we're still trying to figure it out because I think the identity of this offense, it's close. They've tried a lot of things, but there's no real calling card for this offense. It seems like Kyler Murray might be the calling card because Murray, like that, that's my next thing. Just watching the Titans game. I mean, he looked like Mahomes, like indistinguishable that he did Mahomes things. Um, Is this like, do we have it? Is this the guy? Does, does Arizona have its Mahomes? (laughs) They they do. They have a version of it. They've got, uh, they've got Mahomes light for the most part. Mahomes with smaller little steps. He scurries, right? It's uh, like a bunny. Yeah, <laughs> he scurries. No, no disrespect, Matt, but I mean, he's an incredible athlete. I mean, the only guy that's been drafted in the top ten in both baseball and in the NFL is just incredible what he's been mm-hmm. able to accomplish in his in his. He's twenty four years old. He's got sixty what sixty six total touchdowns in his career, and uh, he's just you know starting his third season as the Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Uh, they do have a, a a player with that type of of ability they do you know but he things it has to be a perfect scenario for him to just fire in on all cylinders and coming out week one very conducive to his skill set because he can come out fresh and he can just show out how incredible he is but like when you get to week 10 and he's kind of battered and he's bruised and he's not you know at peak you know 100 percent he he miss he's been missing that part of his game being able to put it all together 
So we'll see if he can he can, he can probably he's probably going to be just as good as he was in week one and week two because he's still fresh. But we'll see where he is down the line because uh, and then he also admits slip like a step up or step back against the Detroit Lions where he had three picks last year at this point in the season. So got to avoid that. But that's not anything that he's kind of consistently done. So we're not concerned about that, like as far as ball security. So Kyler Murray, yeah, he does have that ability. He's a game breaker. Yeah, over-under for this game is 51, which is pretty high. So I think uh, the market's over-under for, this is on betonline.ag, market for the Arizona Cardinals, 27.5, which is pretty high. So I think the market kind of thinks that uh, Murray will be able to move the ball pretty well on the Vikings' defense. If you want to bet on that or anything else on uh, this Vikings-Cardinals game, currently Vikings favored, or Cardinals favored by uh, 3.5, which is has gone down. It was four, four and a half earlier in the week. Um, so things are tightening up, I guess. But if you want to bet on any of that, you can go to betonline.ag. If you enter promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, you get a hundred percent welcome bonus there as well. And you uh, you can get in on whatever you want to bet on outside of football too, base uh, basketball, baseball, Vegas casino games, whatever you like. So head on over to betonline.ag. You can sign up for free, get your hundred percent welcome bonus. They'll match whatever your first deposit is if you enter promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so that was a really interesting conversation. I am so struck. The two people we have talked to here on this show, we had Ed Smith on yesterday, uh, who played in the NFL for a while. He played in the 90s and he does believe in Cardinals. And then we just talked to the Locked On Cards guys. They're all so skeptical about this Cardinals. And and I guess it's because, what, they go 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, last year, kind of similar to the Vikings. And there's Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he's in his third year, I think. And it's the third year of this Kyler Murray thing. And maybe they just thought they'd have seen more by now and they kind of want to see it to believe it. And also, I guess the Cardinals have, uh, like Bo was talking about, the Cardinals have kind of been up and down in the past. You know, they've had these crazy highs and looked like super elite and then, you know, blew it against really bad teams. So maybe they just need to see more to believe it. But I, I always found that so striking. Um, so I wanted to get to, and we'll talk way more about the Cardinals tomorrow as well. If you want more Cardinals stuff, I'll talk about Kyler Murray and their defense and stuff, but I want to talk about Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury's offense, watching his offense. Um, they run something called the option. Um, I, I saw somebody called it the pistol option. I like that. Uh, which is not like the wide zones that the Vikings and like the Titans who they just played, like the Packers use, uh, you know, the McVay Shanahan systems. It's not like that. And it's not something more West coasty, like what, you know, Tom Brady will run. Uh, it is the Kyler Murray offense, the weird cliff, cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray offense. Um, and it is based on the principle of reading a player, out of the place. So I want to explain the option to you. We'll explain the read option to you if you are unfamiliar with the read option or if you just want a refresher. So this is going to be one of those times where uh, I have a visual aid helping you guys out if you're on YouTube. If not, don't worry, I'll be descriptive. Um, So we know the basic rules of zone blocking and the option is an offshoot usually of zone blocking where basically if you are run blocking, if you have a guy in front of you, block that guy. If you don't, climb up and find a linebacker. Uh, that's the basic rule here of zone blocking. So the appeal of the option is to 
get that numbers advantage back. And really in any run scheme, because the quarterback usually isn't involved in the run play, you're kind of down a man. You're 10 on 11, no matter what the scheme is, if safeties are involved or wide receivers or whatever. So the read option is the most common way. This is the Kaepernick stuff, and you're probably familiar with it. Let's say that you are running it from shotgun, which is what I have in the visual aid for those who can see it. Let's say they bring a safety into the box in this situation. Now they've got seven people here and you only have six blockers. Well, now you're kind of screwed, right? Now the running back has to make a guy miss or you have to figure something out. This is kind of the advantage that the the option can give you is that it can give you a way to deal with this because you can make the quarterback responsible for one of these players in a manner of speaking. So let's say you decide that you're going to pick their best defensive end, say, I don't know, Daniil Hunter or Chandler Jones on the Cardinals or something like that. The scariest pass rusher. Maybe that's J.J. Watt. I don't know. Um, And you decide that you want to read that guy out of the play. So what you can do is essentially do blocking the same way where everybody kind of blocks a guy in front of them if there's a guy in front of them. Um And then if you're down a person and you've left a guy free, you can have the quarterback read that guy. So you can hand off to the running back. Let's say the running back goes over toward the tight end and you're reading the backside defensive end who is on the other side of the formation. So the running back is running away from that defensive end. And let's say the defensive end really crashes in and pursues Well, then it becomes a play fake and the quarterback doesn't hand off after all. And it's actually just a fake handoff and the quarterback can work out uh, the other way to the pocket toward the space the defensive end just vacated. um, And either, you know, it's a bootleg and you're throwing or he just scrambles if he's Kyler Murray. Or if the defensive end says, "Okay, you're not going to get me on that and says, I'm just going to go straight up field and nail your bootleg, something people do against the Vikings all the time, then you just hand it off to the running back after all, and the defensive end isn't pursuing, and you're back to your six-on-six. That's one way to kind of get a guy back, right? Or your five-on-six if they didn't bring uh, a safety down into the box, and you have an advantage that way. You can double-team a good nose tackle that way or something like that. So it just gets you a guy back, and it gives you the, uh, the, the numbers advantage back. And because you're reading a guy out of the play, it's awesome that guy doesn't actually get a chance to win a block. So it doesn't matter how good that guy is. And that's just like one play of the read option. The actual options we see in the NFL and way more at the college level too, where all of this is borrowed from, including Cliff Kingsbury himself, um, all of that is, you know, there's a lot more option stuff that you see with like Mahomes and Jackson and now Kyler Murray too, and he's been running this, um, where you will do something like a speed option is I guess what I've seen it called where you could probably picture this, both the running back and the quarterback will go out to the same side of the formation and essentially put the player in the same conflict. If that defender, if that defensive end or whoever is responsible for uh, that edge of the play comes at the quarterback, then the quarterback will flip it over to the running back who's now running free. And if the defender you know, tries to have a little more discipline and maybe scrape over and, and maybe try to like occupy a little bit more of the space the quarterback will just kind of run kind of right through them and split the gap and get a a, a sizable gain all of this is like staples of that kyler murray system and that's just part of their like run game and they have all sorts of different ways of using misdirection and using crowded backfields and multiple running backs and stuff to essentially make it really 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 difficult to see where the ball is going so the vikings will have to be really really disciplined in how 
Uh, they, they'll have to, you know, not over pursue things and not kind of get out of their their gaps. And then when it comes to actually defending Kyler Murray in the past game, that presents its own whole own host of, of challenges that we're just going to have to talk about tomorrow. Um, but that is the, the basis of Cliff Kingsbury's offense. It is gaining more popularity in the NFL as the NFL gets more quarterbacks who are capable of running it. You can't run the option with Kirk Cousins, right? He's he's got decent wheels, but they're not good. They're not that good. Um, and so that's kind of what makes the Cardinals scary and the Titan, it gave the Titans fits. So we'll have to kind of talk about how to defend the option. We'll also talk about tomorrow, uh, how to attack their defense and kind of what my thoughts are on that defense and how it's constructed and how I would attack it. Um, and you know, everything else we kind of have to worry about with the Cardinals. This matchup is a lot more interesting than Chandler Jones versus Rashad Hill. Let's all, uh, cry doom and gloom about it. There's a lot of really interesting stuff that can go on, and the matchup of Mike Zimmer versus Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, which I do not think we have seen yet. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury was there last time we played Arizona. Uh, I'm really, really interested to see how it plays out, and I can't wait to talk to you all about that. Also, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. You can get your gramble straight with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Brown NFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I'll see you all tomorrow with all that, and as always, skull.